Today's episode is brought to you by Poppins Period. I know what you might be thinking, Poppins Period? Mary, didn't you used to always talk about Bloody Buddy Cup, and now here you are talking about some other menstrual cup company? Well, guys, let me assure you that I'm not some menstrual cup talking ad reading floozy. They rebranded! Bloody Buddy Cup is now Poppins Period, and not only do they sell their original menstrual cup that we all fell in love with, with Bloody Buddy Cup, they now also sell a full lineup of other menstrual cup products, and there are more to come soon. They recently introduced period underwear, which I hadn't really been like that familiar with. I bought some like for the postpartum time. And I mean, like if we're talking about blood, we could talk about pee a little bit, right? I, I had four babies in six years. I've been wearing period underwear, you know, just like as some backup because, you know, like you sneeze, you laugh, you jump, you do whatever after you have babies. And it's like, you know, you need you need to be a little careful. So I've worn period underwear like in that capacity. But before I decided to promote it, I wanted to like give it a full cycle, see how I liked it in, you know, conjunction with my menstrual cup, because again, I love my bloody buddy cup so much. And I really, really loved it. The Poppins period underwear are like high waisted and like kind of like suck you in a little bit if that's something you're into. And they're so flattering. The um, cuts on the side are like that like seamless, nice cut. Like, so you're not going to have like bumps on the backs of your dresses. You know what I mean? Anyway, and they really, really worked so well. It was so absorbent. Am I allowed to say that word without grossing you all out? I think that we're far past that. Anyway, I want everybody to try it. If you go to poppinsperiod.com, you could use my promo code WANNACHAT for 10% off of any menstrual product that they sell on there. So you could get my beloved menstrual cup that I've been using for years. I love raving and telling people about this cup. It has truly changed my life. I feel like whenever I have my period now, I mean, luckily I've been blessed with like light periods and I don't really cramp that much, but the freedom I have been given by this cup cannot be over-exaggerated. It has changed my life completely. I love it so much and I'm really loving these period underwear. They have a couple other little products too and there's more to come later. So go to poppinsperiod.com. You can join their mailing list so you could be alerted every time they drop a new product and you could use my code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your whole purchase at Poppins Period. Okay, on with the show. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary and I'm so excited because today we are kicking off the best month of the year. It's the time where we get together and we do our best of episodes. So this whole month we're going to be doing like best TV, best movies, best pop culture moments, best influencer moments. And today we're kicking it off with the best Taylor Swift moments of 2023. So we're going through the top 10 moments that had the most impact that made us the most excited, that made us the most happy, confused, sad and lonely at the same time, dare I say. Anyway, just kidding, that, I'm regretting that pun already, but it's all right, we're gonna roll with it. And now I'm just gonna start the show because I've already sung, I've already embarrassed myself, and mainly, we have a lot of ground to cover. There's a lot of stuff to chat about today because Taylor Swift was up to a lot this year. So stay tuned, it should be a good one. Hello everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited. December is my favorite month for many reasons, not just for Christmas. Honestly, I I truly mean this like without irony or anything. I think I am as excited about like the Christmas spirit as I am about people's year in review lists all year long. I just am waiting and anticipating year-end, like, best of 2023 lists. 
So I decided that for this month on I Just Want to Chat, we're going to do a year-end list every week because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So this month we're going to be talking about like the top 10 pop culture moments, the top 10 things we watched. Um, I have like a couple other things, um, top 10 like internet moments. And then today I am bringing to you the top 10 Taylor Swift moments of 2023. And boy, was there a lot of content and like options to choose from to make this list. Um, but I'm feeling good about the list that we created. And I have Alex Arndt here with us today. Alex, say hello. Hello, everybody. Which again, you guys know what that means. I did not find a proper guest for this week, but... Hopefully I'm a proper guest I do, by now. You're very proper. You're a guest and you are proper. And you are you are good at it. I think that you're a very good podcast oh, you. guest. You do well on here. And you always get a lot of compliments. I do get That's a lot great. of cute texts that. after you come on and like DMs from people. That's very kind. I would say, however, with this particular subject, I don't know if you're the strongest that I could yeah. have chosen from. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Describe your relationship to Taylor Swift. Me I, aside. I can only handle so much. I feel like I have a moderate bar. For her, like I can, she's fine to me. How much? To like a moderate amount. If removing me from the situation, how much do you personally engage in Taylor Swift news? I mean, I guess I probably would keep track of like the, like the major the major things that make the news. Like, how much? She was at a football game one time. She's dating a football player. But I don't think anything more than that I would be interested in. How often in your day-to-day life, as you consume news, because you are a person that's online a lot, not in the same areas that I am in, but like you're always reading the news or you're in like forums or something. How often do you see Taylor Swift news as a normie person who's not into Taylor Swift? I I don't think I can say, cause, just because I follow your stuff. I feel like that. A couple times a week? What do you yeah, say? Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's, that sets well with me. A couple times a week? That sounds accurate. Um, I mean, that sounds accurate. I'm not the one that, that lives your life, so I don't know. But anyway, long story short, we're talking about the top 10 Taylor Swift moments of 2023. And again, there were so many to choose from. Um, and I feel okay. I mean, like, knock on wood. But I feel okay making this list today on December 5th because Taylor Swift now has a couple months off of work. Like, we're not getting any tours. She will, I'm sure, like, show up at some more football games. She's releasing the Eras Tour movie on, like, pay-per-view next week. No. They haven't announced physical copies yet, but they will. And then we're going to have to buy the DVD to have it in our car. No, So the kids can watch it. The kids will be fine. The kids want to watch it. They will be fine. Piper's already asked if she could have it. No, thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, anyway, but other than like the release of it on at-home streaming services and stuff like that, we have her birthday, so like maybe that will be something. I'm hoping that Travis Kelsey and her get like Instagram official on her birthday. But um, 
Other than that, I feel pretty confident that we're not going to get anything major for the rest of the year from her unless it's like a big, like takes us by surprise, random news story. So long story short, like I don't feel comfortable yet making my top 10 movies of the year list yet because there's still a lot of things I want to see this month. But as far as Taylor Swift news goes, I think things are going to be pretty calm. My predictions for the rest of the year are Travis Kelsey makes some kind of post on her birthday, some kind of birthday news, um, something about like the launch of the streaming movie. And then I do think that we'll get at least the release of New Year's Day, um, Taylor's version. Like I think we'll get it a day or two before New Year's so then everybody could put it in their New Year's Eve content or their New Year's Day content, you know. Um, we saw that with, uh, Wildest Dreams. Like, we got the Wildest Dreams Taylor's version, like, a year and a half before it actually came out, uh, for, like, on the 1989 Taylor's version because they saw that everybody was using this song and she wanted to make the money. So I'm assuming that we'll get it. I really believe that we'll get Reputation Taylor's version in February, but we'll get New Year's Day in, at the end of this month. Anyway, that being said, I was going to do like an honorable mentions thing, but truly like we do not have time for it. There's so much to go over, especially because there was big Taylor Swift news this last week with the tree pain thing and the Joe Alwyn thing, um, which we will go over. It has its own spot on our list. There's not that much time to go over like a big long list of honorable mentions. But what I will say is, you know what you're going to miss from this list? Out of all the things Taylor Swift did this year, the fact that she released two albums is kind of like a footnote on this year, which is weird. Oh, sorry, I'm professional of me. Ah, now I dropped the phone. Um, it's kind of like a footnote this year. Like I was putting it together and I do have, I mean, spoiler alert, I have like some of the album announcements, you know? But like the albums themselves, I was like, oh, wait, should I be putting like 1989 Taylor's version and the fact that we got like one of her best songs ever, like a true top 10 song of Taylor Swift's for me from now on is, is it over now? Like we got some great music from her this year and it's not even in the top 10. That's how action packed this year was. Can you believe it? I cannot. So anyway, we don't really have time for honorable mentions, but I do think it's worth pointing out that absent from this list will be the release from the release of Speak Now Taylor's version and Speak or in 1989 Taylor's version. Um, I mean, not exactly because this is a good segue. Our number 10 on our list of the top 10 Taylor Swift moments of 2023. And really quickly, before we get into the, the list, how did I rank these? What's my thought pressa, process behind this, okay? Here's the deal. I went on my Instagram today and I put up a question box and I said like, hey guys, I'm making this list and I'm recording this podcast episode tonight. I already have my list down and I felt very confident in it, but I wanted to see what people would say were like their top Taylor Swift moments of the year. And there was one moment that like totally outweighed, like I think that there was one response or like there were, how do I want to respond? That everyone had? Yeah, basically, like, there was one big one. There were a lot of other ones, but, like, there'd be 10 of this one event for every one other entry of, like, anything else. 
like a, and... yeah like a 10 to 1 ratio of people wow. yeah and i don't even have that one as my number one because how i'm ranking this in my mind is cultural impact excitement and like the feeling i think i'm ranking this on feeling of oh my gosh, this thing is happening. I need to stop everything right now and participate online. Like I need to see what just happened so badly right now. Or like, oh, this news just dropped. I'm going to drop everything and go investigate it. Like that's kind of like the level of excitement that I'm working with here, okay? And I'll kind of go over those moments um, throughout the list. But if we're talking about impact, that's how I'm interpreting impact with this list. Like, okay, what packed the biggest cultural punch what times and like what things that happened this year were the most talked about does that make sense um and i really try to keep recency bias out of this but alas it is what it is well we'll see how the list shakes out but i'm feeling pretty i feel pretty good about my picks and where i placed them so anyway with no further ado let's get into number 10 i did say that uh the releases of the new albums were not on the list and by saying that, I really meant like the actual like albums and the music itself wasn't on the list. But the release of Speak Now, the Kansas City show where Taylor Lautner came out and did that little flip on the stage is our number 10 spot. We were all anticipating the release of Speak Now, Taylor's version. We were all anticipating the release of Dear John, the vault tracks, I mean, again, I said that we weren't really going to talk about the music that much, but maybe we should. The vault tracks were probably the most lackluster of all of the vault tracks from the re-releases. Um, I'm trying to think. I Can See You was a fun song, but the video and her involving Taylor Lautner again was just like a really big, fun moment. And as much as like Taylor Lautner, I do think he's a really, really good guy, but he does kind of like drive me nuts. As much as he drives me nuts, it was really fun seeing like this grown man kind of just like go on a press tour based on his involvement with Taylor Swift from over 13 years ago. Like it was a very interesting thing to watch and I really did enjoy it. And Joey King coming out and being in the video and everything. It was just like it was a really fun night but like the biggest impact for me of that night was watching on a grainy live stream she starts to speak now era of the tour she does enchanted and there was a lot of hype and a lot of people questioning like okay is she gonna like add something else to speak now because it's very weird that this era is only one song old and then taylor swift has a museum in nashville or there's like an exhibit about her at a museum and one of her guitars from the Speak Now era was like noticeably absent from the museum. Like there was a sign that said like it's traveling right now. So everyone was like, is she going to bring out the Speak Now guitar and like do something special? So all of us, you know, we were all watching on this grainy live screen. And then she finishes Enchanted. She walks off. It looks like the era is done. And then you see her grab a guitar she walks back over to the middle of the stage. The crowd goes wild. I was losing my mind watching this live. It was so, so, so fun. And then she grabs a guitar. Her band comes out. And they do Long Live. And that was 
one of the like like I think if you talk about like what the era's tour means for like actual true Taylor Swift fans which again like not in like a gatekeepy way like oh for the real fans or whatever but like if you're if you're trying to describe the excitement of the era's tour and what this whole year has meant and how fun it's been and the impact and the um like the straight up joy it's brought into people one of the moments you have to talk about is that moment when she grabs that koi fish guitar she plops herself back up on the platform her band comes out they sing long live and then even more exciting maybe not more exciting but equally exciting was the next night on the same grainy live screen or live stream watching her finish up enchanted and then saying okay is she adding it to the set list is she gonna add it to the set list like what's gonna happen here and then she just picks up the guitar again and then was like even more excitement it's like yes it's been added to the set list it's not just like a speak now release day thing so anyway uh, it was a very fun night it was a fun night to be on the internet it was a fun night to be a twilight obsessed taylor swift obsessed person on the internet it, it it was good and it was also very good that it led to us just getting long live on the set list because the speak now era was very like there was no reason for enchanted which is like one of my top five taylor swift songs of all time there was no reason for enchanted to be the only speak now song really but the addition of long live was just very 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 good so anyway that's our number 10 spot alex do you have anything to add about that do you know about anything that i just talked about pretty much no but all right well that's great move along. <laughs> all right um the next the next number we're going to talk about this is kind of where recency bias comes in with both eight and number nine or with both number nine and number eight um, we're going to talk about Brazil really quick, just because it's definitely not fun, but if we're talking about like big news stories and headlines and cultural impact and discussion and discourse, we have to talk about the tragedy that happened in Brazil and then just kind of everything that like surrounded it. So for context, this all happened about two or three weeks ago. Taylor Swift was performing in Rio and the Brazilian people were very excited to have her. It was her first time going down there. They've been very, very passionate, passionate about Taylor Swift for a long time. And I mean, and like Brazilian music fans are very passionate in general. Like there's kind of like a meme online that says like, come to Brazil. Like yes. anytime anybody like goes viral, like people yeah. will go in the comments and be like, I have seen those. Alex went to brazil for two years once for a mormon mission yes i lived there for two years is that how you say it? like you lived there or like you went yeah, there i lived there you did live yeah i guess that is true because you were there for two years but I, I don't i don't know i feel like sometimes like mission terminology i'm like lived there but then again like i'll say that i spent a whole summer in hawaii for like nannying I'll be yeah. like, oh, I lived in Hawaii for a summer. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, you could say that you lived in Brazil. Yes, sure. 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 <laughs> anyway, long story short, it was very anticipated that she'd go down there. So, she had a couple dates in Rio and then a couple days in Sao Paulo. 
she goes to Rio and there's like a massive heat wave. And I guess the stadium that she was performing at had some kind of like retractable roof situation that really locked in heat and made it like I was reading some bizarre numbers and maybe I'm just like not great at like Fahrenheit Celsius conversion. But some of the numbers I was reading was saying that like it felt like it was 140 degrees in there with the humidity. And you watch videos of Taylor trying to perform. And this is a girl who is like a well-oiled machine. Like kind of towards like the end of like, like in the 1989 area, you can normally see her get like somewhat winded, you know, and like her hair gets frizzy, whatever. But in Brazil, it was like she was heaving. She was trying to catch her breath. She was so red. If you, um, one of the craziest, craziest videos to watch from that first night in Brazil where it was so hot was is to watch her trying to perform August. Um, and that's like the big like climax of the folklore set, right? So she does like the run across the stage and she lifts her hand dramatically and her dress is flowing. And it's the back when we were still changing for the better part. You know, like it's a big, big, big moment of the show. And that night in Brazil, like the video of her trying to perform August, like she could barely move her arm around. You see her body is just beet red. Her back is the dress is dark with sweat. And she like she can barely even hold it together. And she still had two more eras and a surprise song to and two surprise songs to do before that set was even before the show was even over. Right. And then horrible a fan died and i've actually like seen like conflicting reports that like more people actually did end up passing but i i don't have like confirmation on that but a fan named anna died very 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 horribly sad taylor swift said it happened before her show but there's a lot of record keeping that says that it happened um two songs into the show very sad. The family ended up going to see Taylor in Rio. And it sounds like Taylor's like taking care of everything money wise. Um, a lot of people were upset about her lack of outreach and stuff. Like like she made a statement saying that she had passed. And then in that same statement, she said, like, I won't be talking about this from the stage, you know. And her like ambiguity about the whole situation was you know, for legal reasons and everything. But I think once they got the legal stuff cleaned up, then Taylor like went and did what she was supposed to do or like, you know, tried her best to, of course, there's no way to right those wrongs, but tried her best to, you know, reach out and help how she could. Um, But then more crazy stuff in Brazil. Oh, and also that night when it was so hot, they had like extreme water problems in that state, in that stadium, because you're not allowed to bring in any outside water. And I guess like in Brazil, they have issues with people throwing water bottles and throwing things on stage. So when you get a water bottle, you could only buy a small one and they take the lid off for you or something. So like, so then like you're going down into like the general area and you're sweating on everybody else and it's so hot and humid and like you don't even have a lid for your water bottle like it sounds literally like hell on earth like I love Taylor Swift I wouldn't go to that concert you know anyway so the next day they're supposed to do the the show 
the fans are in the show and then like three hours before they're finally able to like cancel the show because the heat was like even worse um they postponed it like a day and a half and that's actually the third show that she's ever canceled or postponed the first one was for like political unrest in singapore i believe and then and then the week before was her second postponed show ever in buenos aires because there was like a lightning storm and it was like an open air stadium and they couldn't do it and like a huge rainstorm um so then they postponed it the next brazil show pouring 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 rain and then she taylor swift sings bigger than the whole sky which is like not a song that anybody ever expected that she would sing live because that song's about you know loss and people have their own theories about it we'll get to that later um anyway so like the brazil shows just very bizarre and very sad and just kind of like a dark cloud over all of it so again not exciting to talk about but um important to talk about nonetheless so there is number nine number eight it's time for the joe alwyn revelations that we got last week which again I tried to keep recency bias out of this, but I think if we're looking at the whole year, we'll get to the Joe Alwyn breakup, obviously, later down the list. But there's been a lot of questions about when did they actually break up? What was the nature of their breakup? Who initiated the breakup? How long have they been broken up? And this week we kind of got, a, oh, oops, sorry. This week we kind of got a lot of answers. And by so doing, we also got a lot, a lot, a lot of questions. Um, so this last week, the Spotify Wrapped came out and Taylor said, like, to celebrate, here's an unreleased song called You're Losing Me. And it wasn't completely unreleased. So it was a vault track that was released on hard physical copies of a midnight special edition that she spilled for one day at MetLife Stadium over the summer. And so, like, the song has kind of lived on on TikTok. Like, people have gotten, like, illegal versions of it and stuff, and, like, they made it into the meme where it says, like, the I'm the best thing at this party, and then immediately after it says, I wouldn't marry me either, you know? So the song has been around, but she properly released it last Wednesday, I believe. And then that night... and. The song, this is the first time that the real, like, general public at large was consuming it, and they were looking at the lyrics, and they're like, whoa, this was supposed to be on Midnight's? Wasn't Taylor Swift still dating Joe Alwyn during Midnight's, like, when that was released? This uh doesn't sound like a song that you would sing about somebody that you're still dating, you know, because it's kind of, the the whole song is You're Losing Me, like, you're not giving me what I need in this relationship, I'm the only one working right now why isn't this working out? I'm trying so hard. Do you just want this to not work out anyway? Will you ever marry me? That kind of stuff, you know? It's an anxiety-ridden song. And it definitely isn't a love song. But it was allegedly written to be on Midnight's. I had my doubts. But then, the same night that's released, Jack Antonoff goes on his Instagram story and says, Here's a picture of Taylor the night that we wrote and recorded You're Losing Me on December 5th. Whoa, happy two-year birthday today. On December 5th, 2021. 
And he said, wrote and produced that day. Meaning that the song about Joe Alwyn and the rocks in their relationship and how hard things were and him not wanting to marry her and her anxieties about that, that was already going on back in 2021. And obviously, Jack posted that with Taylor's blessing. Nobody on earth has any level of access to Taylor Swift where they could post a picture of Taylor in her home, in her own kitchen, and then give personal details about her life on a public platform and have it like not be deleted and stuff immediately. But like nobody's in her close inner circle like that that doesn't know the rules, right? So to me, that was like a Taylor Swift co-signed post. So from there, we had a timeline like, oh, wow. Okay, so December 5th, of 2021 that's actually insane that things have been going on for that long and like they'd been on the rocks for so long then enter in kelly teller kelly teller married to miles teller the star of the i bet you think about me video which was recorded like filmed right before top gun what isn't he in top gun yes Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, I should sound more enthusiastic. Yes, he is, Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yes. also in The Spectacular Now, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Did, did you know that? Nope. Now you do. Um. Anyway, they recorded the I Bet You Think About Me video like days before the song You're Losing Me was written and recorded. Kelly Teller was on set and she was also in that video. Taylor releases a song. Kelly Teller goes on her Instagram stories and says, like, finally, the song is out. And then does, like, a cheers emoji. And then she goes on TikTok, starts liking these videos about how certain song lyrics are about Joe Alwyn, about how Joe Alwyn wasn't, like, a well-liked person, how he wasn't a good boyfriend. So Kelly, who was around Taylor Swift at this time, is kind of corroborating all these stories, saying, like, okay... Like there was this uh, post about how Jack Antonoff in the anti-hero bleachers remix where Jack Antonoff like has his own verse, which I believe the lyrics to that verse are, and I quote, sometimes I feel like everybody is an art bro lately. And this is Jack Antonoff singing. Sometimes I feel like everybody is an art bro lately and I just judge them on a hill too hurt to hang out talking shit about your famous baby. Pierce through the heart of Nundy's guilt. Maybe I'm the problem, it's me. And Kelly Teller liked that video, kind of confirming that Jack Antonoff in that verse was talking about Joe Alwyn. A big theory amongst the people has been that Midnight's is technically a breakup album disguised as this these are songs about sleepless nights throughout my life or whatever. <sighs> and to that I say, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like people underestimate Taylor Swift's ability to just like come up with songs and concepts and just like write music. Like yeah. I don't think everything. She should be able to do that. Yeah, like I don't think the- <laughs> everything is like ripped from the pages of her mind. Like, <laughs> like I think that we could trust her to kind of just, you know, like be a storyteller. Like, I mean, like we have folklore in Evermore. Like. So I don't know. I do believe that Bejeweled is a song that's kind of about like, like if we're now supposed to believe this timeline of 
Taylor started to become famous again. Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift started dating when she was in exile after Reputation, or right before Reputation, right? So after the 2016 stuff, they kind of go public around Reputation. He goes on like the Reputation Stadium tour and stuff with her, which was a success, but nowhere near the level of fame that she's at now, right? And I mean, that was a stadium tour, but still a different level of fame, right? And still, like, she wasn't doing interviews. And then we roll from the Reputation tour to the Lover era, which is still a weird one that she didn't have to tour for that because then COVID happened. So then they had, like, three years of, like, a lockdown thing. And then now that Taylor is, like, the biggest thing ever, he, like, now has problems with, like, the fame and, like, he can't handle it. That's kind of the narrative that people set up. And this new Jack Antonoff thing kind of confirms or gives like some weight to that theory because the song or the song was recorded and written right after the red Taylor's version was re-released. So like we're talking about like the SNL performance of All Too Well and the whole All Too Well 10 minute version and all this stuff like her fame was rising yet again. And if you want to believe this theory that Bejeweled is about how, like, she was gaining her fame back and, like, Joe Alwyn, like, couldn't handle it. But, like, I, like, I love you, but, like, it's my time to shine right now. Then those kind of, those things kind of all confirm that, whatever. Anyway. So that was, like, half of what happened last week. Meanwhile, Dumois, the blind item site, which, if we want to talk about the top 10, I just want to chat moments of this year. Me finding out last week that Dumois, the account, for some reason, has me blocked. Sorry, I shouldn't have yelled. Has me blocked on Instagram. I found this out because I was like trying to explain to people what was going on via DM and I couldn't tag Dumois. And I was like, do I really just not know how to spell Dumois? But like I've spelt it so many times over the years. Like it's not like I should know how to spell this. Why isn't it tagging? And then I was talking to my friend Grace and I was like, wait, real quick, can you send me their page because it's not coming up for me? And then I find out that I've been blocked by them. Which is shocking to me because I have been moderately complimentary to them. Like, I think that they definitely have like some misses, but they're way more reliable in my eyes, even after everything that happened last week, way more reliable in my eyes than like a Crazy Days and Nights or, or Page 666 or anything like that. Definitely more reliable than like the blind item girlies on TikTok, you know, that just reread the same crazy days and nights stuff like that's I put more stock and weight in Dumois blinds, right? So anyway, don't know how I got blocked by her. My only theory is that um, I had that like Alexander Skarsgård, Harry Styles PowerPoint and then like every so often it like goes read not viral but like gains popularity or whatever and I like refuted something that Demois said that they had confirmed but I'm like actually it it wasn't confirmed blah 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 that's the only thing I could even think of but like I'm such small potatoes like if you're listening to this podcast like right now you're one of the few like I'm not popular like I don't understand how Demois even has me like on their radar to block me anyway that that's neither here nor there. But Demois 
while all of this like relitigating of like Taylor's relationship timeline was happening, was standing by the fact that she believes because she was told by somebody very reliable that there was a wedding ceremony in 2021. And she was saying like, everyone's saying that they broke up. Maybe this year losing me isn't about Joe Alwyn. Maybe it's just a song because I know that they got married. But then here comes in Miss Tree Payne, Mrs. I don't tweet. I don't get out of bed and talk to the internet ever. The last time she tweeted anything was in response to something that happened in 2020. Like she'll like retweet stuff, but like she doesn't really engage on that level. Tree Payne is Taylor Swift's publicist and like kind of like the mastermind behind a lot of Taylor Swift related things. She posted a screenshot of Demois' Instagram story doubling down on the marriage ceremony thing. Tree Payne says, enough is enough with these fabricated lies about Taylor from Dumois. There was never a marriage ceremony of any kind. This is an insane thing to post. It's time for you to be held accountable for the pain and trauma you cause with posts like, like these. I read that and I was like, whoa, insane, crazy, kind of maybe a little weird that she used the terminology pain and suffering or pain and trauma, right? Come to find out. Sorry about the yell again. <laughs> Come to find out, Dumois had posted and then deleted, right? Like the slide after the slide that Taylor, that Tree Payne had screenshotted as her example. Originally was a slide that talked about Taylor Swift's alleged miscarriage. So really what Tree Payne was addressing there was the miscarriage lie, but she didn't want to perpetuate that. So she just kind of clung on to this like marriage ceremony lie. Very weird stuff. And then even weirder, Dumois comes out and is like, I have no reason to lie, but publicists have a reason to lie. Which, first of all, yes, you do have a reason to lie, Dumois. I mean, I'm already blocked, so she won't hear this. But, like, she does have a a reason to lie because she makes her money by, you know, saying rumors and whatnot. Anyway... She said, like, I like I don't lie, publicists lie, but anyway, sorry to Taylor. So it's like, what are you apologizing for then if you're standing by your, your claim? I don't know. Weird stuff. Anyway, there's number eight. Weird week in Taylor Swift history, but now we have a somewhat some answers and some more questions about the Joe Alwyn of it all. Anyway, number seven, we have the L.A. shows. What a time what do we talk about first the fact that this is when we found out that we were getting a full concert film because it was being filmed did we talk about the fact that i was there that i got 54 dollar tickets to night three of the airs concert a couple days before the show began i got them for 54 dollars. i sat behind the stage basically i bought the tickets the I always like wonder, like, why do I even talk about I bought the tickets the night before my mom passed away. Which was a whole, obviously, a whole thing. And then I went to my show. My sister and I, like, we decided to, like, still go. We went to the show, and then she plays You're On Your Own Kid as a surprise song, which was, like, a whole thing. But anyway, that's my relationship to the L.A. shows. 
But the cultural impact is not that. The cultural impact is, what do we talk about first? Probably the Carly Kloss of it all, right? They're one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen. Ever seen in my life. Is Carly Kloss showing up not only just to the Eras tour, but showing up with, and I mean, it depends on how much you want to engage in Gaylor, Kaylor stuff, like the, the idea that they have been in a relationship, whatever. Showing up with the man that's allegedly her husband's beard of like 15 years, or like she's, she's the beard for her husband, and that's her husband's like real spouse or something how it depends on how conspiracy you want to get allegedly whatever shows up with him and a bunch of friends sits in the 300 section sits in a comparable section to where i sat in my show sat with the normal people and just shows up to the heiress tour just wanted to see like anybody else like but where's your pride my goodness like to show up she's just that humble yeah i'm sure it was just all humility yeah because i mean even if they didn't have a relationship they definitely had a falling out taylor swift sing singing and it's time to go in fact what she seems not a crook from your or not a twin from your dreams she's a crook who was caught and outing her as the person that helped orchestrate the sale of her masters to Scooter Braun and everything, just as a snake. Taylor Swift had outed Carly Kloss as a snake not two years before Carly still shows up to the Eras tour. Not at a VIP tent or anything, a paid ticket holder. I will never get over it. That was one of the wildest internet nights of my life. One of the wildest. And so who broke this? Was it people who were actually sitting next to her? Yes, that was the thing. People were posting pictures. Who I'm sitting next to. And everyone for the first hour really thought it was a joke. Like, that's crazy that this girl that looks so much like Carly Kloss has the guts to even show up. Like, that was was our line of thinking back then because it was so out of pocket that Carly Kloss would show up to the Eras tour where we really thought, like, I truly remember thinking, that's crazy that this girl that looks like Carly Kloss wouldn't do a better job of disguising herself because that would be embarrassing to be at the at the Taylor Swift concert as a Carly Kloss lookalike. <laughs> that was my line of thinking. Yeah. And then yeah. Carly just shows up and it's actually her with a member of the Chainsmokers, nonetheless, in her little group. It's just like hit after hit after hit of pride. What's significant about that? Well, just hanging out with a member of the chain smokers. I don't know. In the 300 section, like, and like, and and like, why are the chain smokers in the 300 section? The chain smokers make $400,000 a night pressing play on like their DJ computer, uh, (laughs) like down the street from us in Vegas. What are they doing in the 300 section? Is that a cool thing to do in LA? It's not. No. Even the cast of Grey's Anatomy, they were sitting in the 100s. (laughs) <laughs> they bought their tickets. Yeah. Busy Phillips, she bought her ticket. She wasn't in the VIP area, but she was still in the 100s. I took my daughter. And I sat in the 100s. 
Piper and I in her Vegas show, we were in section 140, right in the well, middle. It was Great hard to get seats. tickets. You know it was hard to get tickets. I'm a woman of limited access funds and means. And I was still able to figure out a, a 100 level ticket for myself and for my six-year-old. Carly Marie Kloss. I don't know her middle name. I think it's actually Elizabeth because of the song Betty. Carly Elizabeth Kloss. Shows up and, 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 and shows up to the heirs tour. She had had a baby like a month before that, which I'm not it making. It stop you. Of course it wouldn't stop me. I went, I was three months Maybe postpartum. she's still a fan, even though they had a falling out. She doesn't conduct herself like a fan because she screwed Taylor Swift out of many of things. She was a crook who was caught, Alex. I only bring up the baby thing just because it's like it was one of her first public appearances out since she had had a baby. Yeah. And she was like wearing this like white T-shirt, definitely like not nursing friendly or pumping friendly or anything. But then like just knowing she had to figure out the logistics of pumping at the air store. Like there were so many barriers of entry for her to go to the show. Like, the embarrassment, the 300-level seat of it all, the fact that she was going to have to sit with the public, the fact that she was enemy number one in that whole stadium. People do not like her. And then, like, just being a mom and knowing, like, okay, so the heiress tour itself is, like, three and a half hours. If you had a baby a month ago, you're going to have to pump during that twice. But she was willing to do it to make an ass out of herself. Like, it makes no sense and i will never get over it so anyway so that was a big part of the la shows right so so far we've covered my mom died and then carly Kloss went to the heiress tour <laughs> number three you're all night yeah, number three crazy part of the la shows was the 1989 announcement which was again one of those like long live-esque things where we were all thinking okay this is one of those times where the easter eggs truly are lining up easter eggs my engagement with easter eggs in the Taylor Swift world, I, I'm always one foot in, one foot out. Her Easter eggs are often ridiculous and they're not like the mathy number, like Zodiac Killer-esque things that people think that they are. Her real, um, her real Easter eggs are like, hey, what are you doing on the eighth, the ninth day of the eighth month, the 89th day? Like, oh, it's the last day of my tour? Okay, like maybe we'll announce 1989 Taylor's version that night, you know? So everybody was anticipating it. And Taylor first comes out during Speak Now era wearing a blue dress instead of her normal purple dress. And blue is the color of 1989. This is actually really good that Alex is here because I'm explaining everything to him as if he's like a five-year-old and has never heard of any of this stuff. And really, that's the reality of the situation. So I feel like I'm doing a better job of explaining things. Anyways, she comes out in a blue dress. And the moment she came out in a blue dress, like my heart just raced. I was like, oh my gosh, we really got an Easter egg right. She's really going to announce 1989 Taylor's version right now. But there was still a little bit of question about the blue dress because it like, it was like a periwinkle blue where it's like, is, but is that really blue? But then we get the red era and then we get folklore. And then she comes out in a blue dress and folklore and everyone's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Like we've been right. Like this is so 
fun and so great. And just like her little smile, like when like the spotlight turned on and she was on the roof and she's just smiling because she knows that everyone's freaking out because she's wearing a blue dress for the first time in the tour. And then she comes out of the stage for the 1989 era in an all blue ensemble and the crowd goes wild it's one of those tiktoks that like i will stop and i will watch the entire thing every time it comes across my feed it was just such a fun night and then yeah so she announces 1989 taylor's version she plays new romantics which is a song that for some reason everybody's obsessed with i am not and then she closes out the tour with new year's day it was a great night the la shows were really great and then we get to relive them on eternally Eternally, yeah. If I don't go to heaven and, and, and I don't get to watch the Eras tour, then I'm going to say, mm, send me somewhere else. There's no Eras tour here? I, I, don't, need, I don't need to be here. Um, anyway, so there, that's our number seven. Number six. This might shock and surprise you all because it shocked and surprised me when I was composing this list. The only logical place for this event to go is our number six spot. And it's a Joe Alwyn breakup. And you might be thinking, Mary, don't you think the dissolving of a six-year relationship that gave us songs like peace? But I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm if your cascade ocean wave blues waves of blues come. All these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. Invisible String. The Lover album. It ga- he gave us all of those. I mean, she gave us all of those inspired by him. You would think that that would be higher up on the list, but really, impact-wise, it's number six. And there's not even much to say. We just talked about the breakup for a really long time. It was shocking. It was shocking. It was weird, though, that he was never... Like, isn't it weird that, like, he was with her for all that time and the Eras tour is, like, her crowning achievement of her life and he he never watched it? That haunts me. That's going to be one of my Roman Empire things. Like, that is... that That is something that will keep me up at night. And, I mean, I don't think I'll ever forgive him for the removal of Invisible String from the set list. I was lucky enough to go to the Eras show twice, and I went in Las Vegas. I still had Invisible String. So she only performed Invisible String for three shows, or for three tour stops, and then she replaced it with the one. And it, this is really crazy. I don't know. I was very shocked when he broke up, when the announcement came out, but it seemed like she bounced back really quickly. And yeah. And everything was fine. There's not much to say that hadn't already been said. It was a shocking breakup. The more we learn about him, the more it doesn't seem like it was a good fit. The more I have to see pictures of him making her sit on the outside of the booth while he sits nestled in on the inside. I watched the dumbest Hulu show ever for him. You know? So, like, that's... So, like, okay, yeah, he gave us the song Peace. He gave us Invisible String. Okay. But he also gave us that crappy Conversations with Friends show where I was given the ick so deeply from that guy. That was an actual show that he was in. Yeah. And I mean, like, 
It's funny because I see memes that say like Travis Kelsey is the first like nepotism boyfriend. Joe Alwyn is like the textbook definition. Like if we had a dictionary of that said nepotism boyfriend, it would definitely be him. He was the star of the show. Just based on the fact that like they were together, you know, like because it wasn't his acting ability. Like he's not like an amazing actor. He just like mumbles his way through everything. I don't know. Is he very good looking? Yes. But there's plenty of good looking people out there. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. And again, if you want to talk about Roman Empire, you know what I think about every day? The biggest piece of their lore is that she was technically dating Calvin Harris. She goes to the Met Gala. She meets not only Tom Hiddleston that night, but she meets Joe Alwyn. My Roman Empire is how the F was Joe Alwyn, who hadn't been in, like, literally anything and just was, like, some dweeb with a buzz cut. How was he invited to the Met Gala? And how did he end up there? Nepotism. Well, yeah, like, so he has, like, a wealthy family, whatever. Like, he came from money, he came from privilege, whatever. But, like, to get an invite, like, to be able to purchase a ticket to the Met Gala is really, like, a a thing that, like, normal people just cannot do. So she met him there. How did he get there? He had, like, two acting credits before that night. It never will make any sense to me. Never. Okay. Anyway, there's Joe Alwyn. Number six. Congratulations to Joe Alwyn. Number five. This is a two-parter. Number four, number five is a two-parter. Parter. Number five, we're going to talk about the Nashville shows. So much. There's so much to say here. What do, what do we say? There was the rain shows, and she sung "Would Have, Could Have, Should Have." There was uh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman outing Phoebe Bridgers and uh, Bo Burnham in the VIP tent, which I mean, like when I say outing, like everybody knew that we were they were together, but like you know, that was very funny. The pouring rain, and then the Speak Now announcement was just so fun and magical. I don't think people really anticipated that one happening that way, but like that was just such a huge night, and like there was so much content. The rain show, like it just looked so magical. I think it actually had to be like pushed back extra late that night. There was just so much craziness from that show. But part of the craziness leads us to our number four, which is Maddie Healy. I know we want to pretend like it didn't happen. We want to pretend like it didn't happen. We want to pretend like he wasn't part of her story of this year. In some ways, you're going to hate me for saying this. Sorry. I put the Nashville show as far as impact and as far as memes and as far as content and as far as excitement goes. I put the Nashville shows right up there with the Buenos Aires Travis Kelsey show. Sue me. I don't know. I don't know. It When that happened, I could not believe my eyes. So let's set the scene, right? It's three weeks after the Joe Alwyn breakup like became news. She was rumored to maybe be set up with Bradley Cooper, which is weird because now he's with Gigi Hadid. She was rumored to be... Attached to the F1 driver, Antonio something. 
And then there were rumors that she was with Maddie Healy. Maddie Healy is an ex-flame of hers from like long ago. She's a lead singer of the 1975. And in the 1989 era, she breeded, she breeded, she dated him briefly. And then like years later, he like came out and said like, yeah, that was not an experience I'd liked. She's great. But like, I don't, that was too much for me. I didn't like that. Which is weird because he's clearly a guy that not only loves like the sound of his own voice, but like loves to be on film, loves attention. I like a lot of 1980 or 1975 songs. There's certain parts about Maddie Healy that maybe are endearing. Sometimes he looks handsome. Sometimes he looks decrepit. He's a confusing figure. And it was very, very, very weird for Taylor Swift to be with him. So when he shows up to the Nashville show, my mind was blown. Everyone's mind was blown. And then the content and like people start putting the pieces together. And the thing that will haunt me from this year is Maddie Healy, two weeks before that show happening, went on stage during the song About You, which is just kind of about like reminiscing on an old love from long ago. He says these words to the camera, like he like lips like you can't hear his audio but you can tell very clearly what he's saying it says the song is about you you know who you are i love you and people saw that clip and i remember seeing it be like oh all right cute whatever taylor allison swift during the nashville shows goes up during cardigan of all songs by the way and says the song is about you. You know who you are. I love you. Says the same thing that Maddie Healy said two weeks before the relationship was even rumored. Says it to him on stage. And I'm like, am I living oh in like my. some weird fan fiction plot? Reality. Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and then like they were just so public and like they're holding hands everywhere. And then like there was part of me that liked it. But then I was like, wait, isn't Maddie Healy a creep? Because I do remember... He did like that weird podcast stuff and people were mad at him on TikTok for a while. But then all that stuff resurfaces and people start taking a closer look at him. And he has said so many cancelable things. And like these aren't people like digging into his tweets and finding like sketchy things he said in 2014 or something. They were taking audio from a podcast that he did in February and the month was March or was May. So only a couple months before that, he was saying some very racist things and he was saying that he watched some disgusting pornography not to yuck anybody else's yum but i will yuck that yum because the things that he was saying were demented like it wasn't healthy anything like it was very degrading gross racist stuff he was bragging about watching and then he says like some like racist things about ice spice and calls her chubby and stuff So then Taylor Swift kind of tries to like redeem that situation by like saying, hey, I love Ice Spice. I'm going to make Ice Spice sing on the Karma remix. And then Ice Spice, bless her heart, comes out with the worst verse of anything I'd ever heard in my entire (laughs) life. It, It didn't have any, it didn't rhyme. It didn't go with the song. I'm not a musician, but like. She would say words and I'm like, oh, well, if they just like moved those words over a couple beats, then maybe it would have like. Karma's gonna come up unannounced. But instead it was like 
not that. It, it was weird. And then there was just so much. So then, like, they're spotted at Soho House together. They're spotted kissing. And then fans start to, very woke fans and, like, chronically online fans start to get mad at Taylor Swift saying, you have to break up with Maddie Healy. You're breaking the social contract <laughs> by dating him. And also, like, he had said anti-Semitic things before, and people were saying, like, I'm Jewish, and now I don't know if this anti-Semitic man is going to be at my Ares tour concert. Some people legitimately did sell their tickets because they didn't want to be there if Maddie Healy was going to be there. Then Maddie Healy stopped showing up. Oh, and by the way, this is when Phoebe Bridgers was still opening up for Taylor Swift, and Maddie Healy was very publicly in love with Phoebe Bridgers for years and always says she's like the one who got away. I'd marry her in a heartbeat. She's too cool for me, whatever. He put her in the I'm in love with you music video and he says, of course, the song is about Phoebe. I'm in love with you. One of my favorite songs, maybe ever. I love that song. She's in the video. And so every night Phoebe was opening Maddie would go on and he would play guitar in her sets. So like you were going to a Taylor Swift concert, but you were also kind of going to a Maddie Healy concert because he was there performing. But yeah, so then like four weeks later, they break up. And, and then like that's that. And then he was like overheard at an airport or something, bad-mouthing Taylor Swift. And then we all just moved on. <laughs> Quickly. That was an insane time to be... <laughs> uh, mentally deranged person that's obsessed with taylor swift that was a strange time um anyway the nashville shows my goodness i feel like i'm not even like hitting all of it but that was something okay number three we got taylor swift at the chiefs game where where were you when taylor swift showed up at the chiefs game let me set the scene this was i mean two months ago Travis Kelsey was dropping hints that he was into Taylor Swift. And he went to the Kansas City show. He wanted to meet her. He talked about it on his podcast. He wasn't able to meet her. And then, like, there were more rumors coming out. Like, they, they had dinner together. They're casually dating. They're talking or whatever. But the way that Jason and Travis Kelsey were kind of, like, perpetuating the rumors made everybody think, like, this isn't legitimate. Like, there's no way that, like, anybody that's actually getting close to Taylor Swift is, like, talking about it on a podcast, you know? And then one Sunday in October, we were all just minding our own business. I was taking a Sunday nap. And then out of a true scene from a movie, my phone legitimately just starts buzzing. Buzzing to where I picked it up and my phone wasn't registering the notifications. And like it was like one of those movies from like a teen movie that don't know how cell phones work and like don't know how teenagers actually operate. Where it's like, you're going viral, Megan. Look, your phone is getting 1400 clicks right now. <laughs> like that's what I felt like. Because I'm like, what is going on? And it's because Taylor Allison Swift showed up at the Chiefs game. And then they rode away in a car together, which was impactful because Taylor Swift had said that she hadn't been alone in a car in like 10 years. And he just comes out of, Travis Kelsey comes out of the woodwork 
the complete and polar opposite of everything Maddie Healy was. Like, uh, almost every way you could be different from a person, other than the fact that, like, they're both white dudes in their 30s. That's this nice, big, strong man that's, like, wholesome and nice, and, like, people try to find bad tweets about him, and they couldn't find him, and he's just a nice dude that loves his family and has a good mom and loves his mom. And then she's just at the show, or the show, at the game, watching him. And then, like, the NFL just embraced her and then, like, milked all that for all it was worth. It was an insane, insane week. So that's my number three spot. And I could talk about it for longer, but we have more ground to cover. Because number two is a continuation. Number two is the most requested one for number one. Oh, yeah? And I was kind of pissed. At the fact that this was the number one one that people said. Huh. There was 10 karma is a guy on the Chiefs for every one answer of anything else. Yes, that was a crazy night. Let's talk about Buenos Aires, okay? It's very, everybody's very excited. Travis Kelsey was rumored to be there. We found out that his plane landed there. We were all expecting Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift is performing. She gives constant like points and stuff to Travis. It's very cute. She goes up and she sings Is It Over Now and adds in Out of the Woods on the bridge, which was very crazy. And then she goes up, sings Karma, and says, Karma is a guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. The world goes wild. We don't have to relitigate this. This was four weeks ago. Maybe not even that. Very insane stuff. A very, very, very fun time to be alive. And then she comes off the stage. Travis is there waiting for her. She runs to his arms. She kisses him in front of everybody. It's like, again, another scene out of like a fan fiction. It's insane. And I cannot believe it happened. And we talked about it recently. So we don't have to talk about it again. But. That's my number two. That is my number two. Insane. The number one spot in Taylor Swift news from this year. Alex, what do you think it is? I don't know. Um, Was it? Not to tour in general? No. Honestly, yes, that's what it is. Not to sound raw, raw feminist, but I'm highly disappointed that my, like, that, like, the number one suggested thing was, like, the karma's a guy on the teeth because that was amazing. But do you guys remember when we all found out in March, when, like, the first night of the live show, that the tour was three and a half hours long? That it was three and a half hours long and that she sung from every era and that there were 43 songs. Like, now I sound like I'm lecturing. That was just the craziest <laughs> moment ever. I remember it was Alex and I's first, like, date night out after having a baby. We brought Augie with us. We were at Lazy Dog. And I was like, I, I only had to wait one week from the, from the start of the tour. My date was the second week of the tour. 
So I was like, how much do I want to engage in on, like the online content? I very soon realized that it would be impossible for me to avoid it. But finding out, like, does relive that whole night. This is my number one. The night that the tour premiered is my number one. And then just the fact that she undertook this whole era's tour in general. She opens up, first of all, with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. A song that not a single soul thought that she would ever open up with. Not a single, not a very well-liked song. Huh. Very, very insane choice, but it was so perfect. Like, just put yourself back to that moment. Close your eyes right now. Sometimes on TikTok, like, when I need to feel something, I just search Glendale Night One, and I watch, like, <laughs> I, I watch, like, the first moments. When you just hear her, it's saying, it's been a long time coming. That's, I'm a really good singer, guys. Are you guys, like, all so happy? Like, actual chills and tears. And then, like, the big reputation. My name is Taylor, and I was born in 1989. Says, speak now, folklore. Like, that whole thing. Insane. And then just watching her go through the eras. And then realizing that she's, like, not taking a break that's longer than two minutes in the entire show. And, like, thinking, like, okay, are they, like, hitting her, like, with, like, vials of adrenaline throughout the show like what is happening here just the whole spectacle and the surprise i don't think anybody expected it to be a three hour long show like i was very online before that happened nobody expected it my view of like what the air is for i thought it was going to be like the hits and then she would have acoustic sets throughout the show so she could kind of cover some eras. Nobody even anticipated what it was and it was just so magical. What a time. What a time. What a blessing. I will be grateful for this year and for the eras tour in general for forever. Not to be too dramatic or anything, but I feel like... Like, I can't say this without sounding so corny. And I'm like, I even want to like consider my digital footprint as I say this, but like the world went through like hell with COVID, right? And things were so sad for so long. And I feel like 2023 was really the year where like masks basically are gone. The world is 98% back to normal, right? And I think this is like the year that people just wanted to embrace fun and just and like it's like a political off year so there's not really like a lot of political a political contention of course there's some horrible horrific things that happened this year and in the world and israel and palestine and and everything but i think like everybody kind of like just really came together this year and just said we all deserve some fun we deserve some camp we deserve some joy and we really all, as like a culture, clung on to these things that could give us joy collectively. I'm talking about Barbie and Barbenheimer. I'm talking about the Eras tour. And I'm just so grateful that we all had these like light moments in our lives this year. I cannot believe that the Eras tour is real. It means so much to me. The music means so much to me. The giving, giving, giving. And yes, I mean, she 
she turned into a billionaire this year. She's getting a lot in return as well. But this, like, I remember there was a moment when I was watching, like, when I was there at the show in Las Vegas, I had that really good seat, which, like, I, that seat felt like it was too good to be true. It was really hard for me to get tickets. Like, I, I lost every single round of getting tickets until my friend got, like, one of those, like, special Ticketmaster sh- codes, like, a couple weeks after. And then I got these, like, great tickets for really cheap. And I got to bring my daughter. And it was after I had, like, the worst pregnancy in the world and, like, all these things. And I remember sitting there during My Tears Ricochet. My daughter was, like, taking, like a like, a breather. So it was just, like, me experience the show just, like, myself. And you see, like, the imagery behind her. And you're just seeing this woman, and I, like, I felt fairly close to her, singing the most beautiful, straight-up poetry. And, like, it was one of those moments where I really felt like, I cannot believe that this is real. And that somebody able to make, like, such amazing art, and then I'm just, like, able to be here and, like, consume it. And, like, I cried during my tears ricochet, not because I was, like, so moved by, like, the meaning of the song, but just, like, the impact of just being there and experiencing it and just being, like, this is insane. Like, this is just so wild. Like, I can't, again, like, I I don't even know if I'm articulating it right, but there were so many moments when I saw the show where I was just, like, left in awe. And then, like, of course, we haven't even talked about the movie yet, really. The movie, and if we want to rapid fire through some great moments, okay, so, like, when she gave... Kobe's daughter Bianca the hat that was like a great moment there were so many high moments of people like being brought together where I don't know it's the year of Taylor Swift they're about to release the time person of the year I know that Taylor Swift is on the short list with along with like eight other people I think it's probably going to be either her that guy that created like the AI thing or they're going to do something about the um the Gaza, you know, genocide, which would be very well deserving too. But I just, I I feel like such a sap right now, but like I appreciate Taylor Swift and her music so much. There is not, I've, I've discussed this before, but like I just, I've always felt such a special connection with her. Her music has been with me for every beat of my romantic life like my like fully formed human life where I'm like just not a child anymore I mean I'm still a child but like teardrops on my guitar and all that came out when I was 13 and I've grown up with her music there wasn't a single boy or a single breakup or a single crush I had on somebody or a single life moment that I wasn't able to like relate to like that, like I didn't have a Taylor Swift song to pull from. So like her music like meant so much to me. And then like seeing everything this year was just so special. And I hope that everybody feels so special about it as well. It was a really, really, really good year. And I just feel so grateful to her. And yes, she's a billionaire. She has great money and resources and everything. And she deserves all of them. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel sappy. I feel emotional when I think about the fact that we get to experience her. And I'm very grateful. And it's been a fun year. It's been a fun year. And yeah, let me let me check my notes. Do I have anything? Oh, one more honorable mention I want. 
<laughs> this is a total 180. Um, one more honorable mention that I did want to say is the fact that she brought uh, the dancer Jan Ravnik into all of our lives. The guy that looks like Resand from Akatar. Me and my friend Taylor right now are reading and listening to the Akatar books. I tried them in the summer, didn't really cling to them, finished halfway through book three. And now I'm giving them another go. And me and my friend, we're just so obsessed with Jan Ravnik, her dancer, the really, really hot one. I can't stop watching his videos. Alex, whenever you hear little tiny like five second clips of karma or style in the background, just know that it's because I'm rewatching videos with this dude. Wow. What was Great. what was what was your biggest uh Taylor Swift moment of the year? Um, was it naming your son after the Taylor Swift song August? Probably. Yeah, that was your biggest one. How do you feel about that, by the way? You don't really I don't feel like I named him after that. What I do you think like you I named him own... after? Just the fact that I said the name and you liked no, it? That I like it and that it was a family name. It is Alex's great grandfather's name, but that wasn't that had nothing to do with us choosing it. Like that was like an added it, it bonus. Had something for me. That's like, significance for me. Like more so than that, I feel like we were married in August. So I feel like that's like the secondary reason. I think it's August by Taylor Swift. We were married in August. And then we had family ties to it. Anyway, that's it for today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Uh, We're now one hour and 14 minutes in, so I hope that you've enjoyed yourself, and I really hope that you enjoyed this year and Swifty stuff. I don't know. How do I end this? Anyway. Follow us on TikTok at I Just Want to Chat Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at I Just Want to Chat Podcast. I have a goal to make 10K followers by the end of the year. I'm so close. I believe that we can get there together. Please follow me. Um, and then also, again, if you're looking for some period freedom, go to poppinsperiod.com. Use my promo code WANTACHAT. You'll get 10% off of all your period products. I just had my period a couple days ago. I used my cup the whole time. It was literally no biggie. My period came. It went. I was like, oh, is it over? Huh. I guess there's like no more blood in my cup. It's over. All right. Great. It's such a no brainer and it takes every single pain point of periods, at least for me, out of it. So anyway, go to Poppin's period. Get yourself a menstrual cup. Get yourself the period underwear. Enjoy the period freedom. And we will see you next week for another top 10 countdown. All right. See you soon. Bye.